You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. One of the things we have to learn is that coming into this place of walking in the Spirit, there is going to be conflict. There is going to be grief. There is going to be pain sometimes. There is going to be suffering. God is there. God is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's already won the victory. It is finished. We studied in Romans 18 that the things we're going through don't even compare to the glory that we're going to receive and see. Don't even compare. A life of obedience is not always easy, but when it gets intense, the Word tells us that God will not abandon us. In today's study, Pastor Dave will remind us that the consequences for obeying the Lord will pale in comparison to the rewards that we'll receive for heeding His Word. Fear not, for He is with you. Now here's Pastor Dave with today's edition of Cape Watch Radio. It's God's Word. It's the truth. And if we allow it to become part of us and we look at it, There have been times, and it's only happened very, very sparingly. I wish it happened more, and it's probably my fault that this doesn't happen more. But I wish it did happen more. I can think of one or two times where I was awake at night and chose to get out of bed, and I went into the living room, and I opened up God's Word, and I fed on God's Word. I fed on one word, one word from God, and I fed on it, and it was just incredible. It's only happened a couple times, and I know it's not his fault. It's my fault. He says, Joshua, meditate on my word. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Meditate on my word. Keep it ever before you. For it's your life sustenance. It is what your life is made of. And if you want to prosper, and if you want to do well, and you want to succeed, meditate on my word. And Joshua did that. Meditate on it. Make it become part of you. You know, I remember when I was a young Christian, I didn't understand the value of memorizing Scripture. As a young Christian, I didn't understand. I thought it was a work. It was like a law. We had to memorize Scripture. And I was kind of offended by it. But as I read the Word, I realized that as I read it more and more, I was memorizing Scripture. And I could quote Scripture, and I could say God's Word in memory. And I still don't have it memorized as much as I would like. But I do try to memorize it from time to time. You know, there's all sorts of ways that you can, you can memorize God's Word. It's important, and that makes it part of you. That makes it part of you. His Scriptures are so important. This is what the Lord tells Joshua. This is the condition for his success, actually. Joshua, I'm letting you do this, but you better do this. Be strong and very courageous that you observe to do according to all the law that Moses showed you. All the law. So we see these conditions upon which we now can have the power of God in our lives. Conditions how we can know his presence and and feel his presence in our lives. And we can experience the victory over sin. What did Jesus use against Satan when he came against him in the wilderness? It is written. It is written. And he hammered him with scripture right back at him. It is written. It is written. Word of God. Meditate on it. Day and night, know it. Joshua understood this, and he was obedient to God's word. He was obedient to God's word. We said last week that Joshua, and I mentioned that Joshua was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Because in Numbers 27, 18, the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with him, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. So Joshua had the Holy Spirit in him. And he relied on the Holy Spirit to lead him and guide him. He relied on that. And we see this encouragement for Joshua as God promises his presence forever. Not only does he promise him his presence, but he promises him his power. We too have that power in us. The scripture says the same power that rose Jesus from the grave dwells within us. Can you imagine that power that we have? Why don't I see it? Because you want to use it for your glory. I want to use it for mine, God says. You don't see it because you want the glory for it. You want people to say, look what he did. No, I want people to say, look what God did. Joshua had that power. The Holy Spirit is vital to the abundant life that God has prepared for us. The Holy Spirit is vital to any ministry or any work you might ever do. Even these ministry opportunities, the Holy Spirit is vital for you accomplishing anything that God would have you do. Why can't I be a good witness? Are you relying on the Holy Spirit? Well, no. Well, then you can't be a good witness. I mean, that was the main purpose. The Holy Spirit came. Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses. Victory is assured not because Joshua is a great leader. Victory is assured not because Israel is a great nation. Victory is assured because God is a great God. That's why victory was assured. He says to Joshua, hey, Joshua, don't fret. I'll be with you. I'll never leave nor forsake you. If you're seeking God's will and you hear this and you know this, there's nothing that can stop you. I'm sure most of you know the story of the Elliots, Elizabeth Elliots, her husband, the missionary who was killed long, long ago in Ecuador, I think it was. But she was going back the first time to see these people since they had killed her husband. And somebody said, aren't you afraid? And she says, when you're doing the Lord's will, there's nothing to be afraid of. When you're doing the Lord's will, when you know the Lord has you doing something, there's nothing to be afraid of. You can be courageous. You can be strong. Because, you know, God is with you. God is with you. And we're going to study, if God is for us, who can be against us? What a wonderful scripture. So now, as we move into the next section, let's read verses 10 through 18. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp, and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Wow. So Joshua now takes charge of the camp. 
Joshua now becomes the leader. He steps into this role of leadership. And it's a scary time for a leader. It's a step into a role. Remember, these people have been led by Moses now for over 40 years. They know what Moses was going to do. They know his style of leadership. They know what's going to happen. And now here comes Joshua, this young start of 80 years old, steps in. They assumed Joshua was about 80 years old when he took command of the tribe. He served Moses for 40 years, and he knew the chain of command. Joshua knew how things worked. He had watched Moses, so he calls the officers of the camp. That's those people who are anointed by Moses. He gets them. He says, get the word to the people. Three days we're leaving. We're getting out of here in three days. God has given us the land, and we're going to possess the land which is ours. I love this part. Joshua didn't ask the officers for their advice. Joshua didn't say, hey, guys, we're going over the land. What do you think? Joshua didn't ask him. Joshua said, hey, guys, we're going. Get prepared. I love that. That is so cool. He said, God gave me orders, and I'm expecting you to obey them. I love that. There are times when a leader must consult the officers around him, but this wasn't one of those times. This is one of those times where Joshua said, it's time to move. Joshua knew what the Lord wanted. He had spoken it clearly, and his will was to obey. Obedience by faith. Forty years ago, 40 years ago, he and his buddy Caleb and the other 10 guys came back from spying out the land. He and Caleb were hot, man. Come on, we can take these guys. Let's go over and we can take them. They're ours. The Lord's giving it to us. And they said, no, we can't. There's giants in the land. We can't go. Caleb and Joshua knew the Lord wanted to take the land. But they didn't. Israel's unbelief held them back. But not this time. God had the nation was prepared. 40 years of preparation. That makes you pretty prepared. They were prepared. Its leader was prepared. And God had prepared the time that they would now come. Joshua knew they needed supplies. So he had them get their provisions together. He said, three days. People needed to be strong physically for what was to come. Their battles were going to be fierce when they went to try to possess the land. He gives them three days. And I think it's interesting. Of course, three is usually the number of the Trinity. And of course, three days represents the resurrection, which is new life. In three days, we're going to have new life. But let me suggest to you that there's another reason for the three days that we're going to study next week. There's another reason for the three days. He sends out more spies. And he's waiting three days because there's someone he wants to save. Someone God wants to give mercy to. Her name is Rahab. Because he has plans for her life. And she's going to be in the line of our Messiah. And he knows that when those spies goes over there, they're going to have a time to talk to her. And God knows everything. He knows what's going to happen. So I suggest that's why they have three days. So that Rahab can come in. I love it. Joshua turns around and encourages the officers too. He said, you shall pass over. You shall possess the land. The Lord's given it to you. And that's what a good leader does. A good leader is an encourager. One who encourages people to do the work that the Lord has called them to do. To do the work with all their heart. To submit to God. To allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. That's what leaders do. So then Joshua goes to the two and a half tribes. The Gadites, the Reubenites, and half tribe of Manasseh. They had already asked Moses back in Numbers 32 if they could stay on this side of the land. They wanted to stay on that side because it had good cattle. It was fertile. They wanted to stay on that side of the land. But Moses said, okay. 
He said, but you have to help your brethren get the other land. You have to go in with them to get the land. See, Joshua knew that he needed unity among the nation. He knew that unity was extremely important. So he makes sure that these guys know. He wanted them to worship together as a nation. And we're going to read that although these two and a half tribes kept their promises, they became trouble for Joshua. They became trouble for Joshua in the later times. We're going to read that when we get to chapter, I think it's 22. They became trouble for Joshua, and they created it. But these tribes represent for us those borderline Christians, those who are borderline in today. They don't really want to jump into the promised land. They don't really want to jump into the abundant life. They're just kind of here for show. Oh, they may be saved, but you know, that's about it. They show up every now and then and help out, but then they go around and they hide, and you don't see them for a while. Then they come back. You know, they're borderline Christians. They're never really sold out for God, if you will. They have something that's holding them back. Remember, how should I put it? They're not getting God's best. We should all want God's best for us. We should all want God's best. They came so close. So close. They could even see the promised land from afar. They came so close. Some of us Christians come so close. And we never really grasp what God has for us. We never really grasp. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray. And then right before the blessing comes, we stop and we go do something ourselves, thinking we have to do it ourselves. Well, I I prayed for four days and nothing happened. Sorry, that's a sign that I have to take care of things. And it might even work out. But is it God's best? Is it God's best for you? Some of these people who are borderline Christians, they quench the Holy Spirit. They grieve the Holy Spirit. They don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit, and they're left helpless. Why can't I live the life I'm supposed to live? Well, read your word. Be in your word and know that it's the Holy Spirit that gives you the will, the one, the power, and the strength to live the Christian life. That's what we have to do. I can't do this life on my own. I can't live the Christian life on my own. It's impossible. There's only one person that lived the Christian life completely, and he was God. His name was Jesus. I can't do it. See, the land of Canaan is a picture of the Spirit-filled life. It's a life that God intended for every single Christian to live. Every single Christian is supposed to live this way. There are no exceptions to this. The Spirit-filled life is not just for those who are advanced. Someday I'll get up there because they're... No, it's for everyone. There's no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. We're all equal in God's eyes. God has provided for every one of us. One of the things we have to learn is that coming into this place of walking in the Spirit, there is going to be conflict. There is going to be grief. There is going to be pain sometimes. There is going to be suffering. God is there. God is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's already won the victory. It is finished. We studied in Romans 18 that the things we're going through don't even compare to the glory that we're going to receive and see. Don't even compare. One of the commentators likened it to a frontier. And they said there's nothing more exciting than being on the frontier. <laughs> the secret of living in the land introduces both a promise and a presence, an obedient heart and the empowering spirit, the spirit of Christ in us. It's going to take courage. That's why God repeated four or five times, be of good cheer, be courage, be strong. We can't drift aimlessly through the crowd. We have to know that we're walking against the current. We have to go against the flow as a Christian. 
I love this. In verses 16 through 18, the officers now, they turn around and they encourage their leader. I love this. The officers turn around and they encourage their leader. I love this. Look at verses 16 through 17. So they, the officers, not just the tribe of Reuben and Gad and Manasseh, the officers said to Joshua, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we we heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Moreover, anyone who rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. I love this. This must have been a great encouragement to Joshua. Can you imagine how Joshua felt having this encouragement to them? Having these leaders who served Moses for so long, they turn to Joshua, we're with you, Joshua. We know the Lord's moving you, and we want to be with you. Whatever you say to do, we're going to do it because you're our guy, and we're going to move that way. The Lord is with you, and we know that, and we see that. They didn't have any hidden agendas. They didn't ask for concessions. They didn't ask for a powwow. Are you sure you want to go over the river here? Maybe we should go up there. Maybe we should go down there. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. They didn't offer their own take on what Joshua was saying. All they did was say, we'll go. We'll go because God has chosen you as our leader. They knew that God was in control. They knew that God was ultimately leading. And they were willing to follow this man who they had seen for 40-some-odd years, I would guess, who they'd seen him for 40-odd years, do the work of the ministry without a title. Do the work of the ministry constantly, without bickering, without complaining, without anything. All he did was the work of the ministry, and he served. He served them, he served Moses, he served the God most of all, and they saw that. All they did was say yes. Because they knew they weren't saying yes to a man. They were saying yes to God. I love that. These men put nothing ahead of serving the Lord. They didn't put anything ahead of serving the Lord. They didn't put themselves, their family, their tribe. They didn't put anything ahead of serving the Lord. They knew the Lord was with Joshua. Moses even told them that. Moses showed the entire 2 million, 5 million Israelites that the Lord was with Joshua. Remember, he laid his hands on him in front of the entire assembly and said, this is the guy who the Lord's appointing. They knew that. They welcomed it and they wanted it. When he laid hands on him, he was saying, he's the one. They knew God had appointed him. They didn't come and say, you know, Moses never did it this way. It's not the way we always did it. We always did it like this. Moses would have done it differently. No, they said, whatever you command us to do, we're going to do. We heeded Moses and we're going to take your, for your word. Joshua didn't have to explain his orders. When doing the will of God, we cannot spend time in dispute over what the Lord is doing. When we're doing what the Lord wants us to do, there should be no question about, well, maybe the Lord's doing it, we should do it. Period. We should just do it. That's what being led by the Spirit is. If we have like minds and we're like-minded individuals and the Spirit of God is in you and the Spirit of God is dwelling in me and things come up that we're going to do, we should know that this is the way the Lord is moving. This is the way the Lord is moving with us. They assured and encouraged Joshua that their obedience was a matter of life and death. Anybody doesn't do it this way, we'll kill them. 
That's some guys. I want these guys surround. We're going to kill them. He's not going to do the way we wanted to do. We'll just kill them. They were obedient by faith. Oh, if we would just see that our obedience to the Lord is a matter of life and death. Our obedience to the Lord is a matter of life and death, especially for those out there right now who are going to hell because of their sin. The Lord has told us to go forth and make disciples. Oh, that we would be obedient and say, yes, Lord, because we know that it's a matter of life and death. I have children, family members. You have family members. You have children who need to hear the gospel. Or maybe they've heard it many, many times, but they're stubborn. They're stiff-necked. But we have to constantly pray for them, constantly share with them God's love. We can't sit back complacently. Well, they didn't get it. I can't do anything about it. We need to be obedient to God and know that it's a matter of life and death in a dying world. Unfortunately, most of the times we just obey the Lord the way we want to, not the way the Lord would have us obey it. When we feel like obeying it or when it's convenient, I'll do it. I'll do it. But have you ever had that time when you obeyed the Lord immediately? Probably was glorious. And man, I tell you, the things that happened because you were obedient to the Lord and you did what he told you to do at that moment. Wow. I bet it was wild. I bet it was fantastic. Remember those times because it can be that great. It can be that good. Maybe it was the time that you accepted him. I don't know. Maybe it was the time you got to share a message with somebody and they received Christ. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. We have to do it the Lord's way. We have to encourage one another. We have to be encouragers. We're all in this together, folks. We have to be encouragers because it's not always going to be a great ride. There's bumps in the roads. If you haven't noticed, some of the bumps are big. Some of them are deep. We earn this together. We need each other's encouragement. I need your encouragement. We need each other's encouragement to move forward. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Don't give up the fight. Be steadfast. Be immovable. One of our favorite verses. Be steadfast and be immovable in what the Lord is doing in your life. Continue on. Yes, the bumps are there. You might even be going up a hill and slide backwards a couple times, but keep going up the hill. Keep going. We need that encouragement from one another. One of the um, commentators I was reading said this, a discouraged army is never victorious. You want to be a victorious Christian? We need to be encouraged. And you need to be an encourager. You need to be an encourager. Remember, the Lord has given this to us. It's already done. It's past tense. I've given you this. The Lord has defeated the enemy on the cross when he said it was finished. He defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. And when going into battle, he is strong and he is courageous. And I can be also because he's with me. The Lord, your God is there. Remember that we're more than conquerors in him who loved us. In Jesus Christ, our Savior. We'd love to keep studying the word of God with you. But sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in again, though, to Pastor Dave's continuing verse-by-verse study of the book of Joshua here on Cape Watch Radio. In the meantime, we'd like to invite you to learn more about Cape Watch Radio by visiting our website, capewatchradio.com. 
There you'll find an array of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult, so we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound, biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and continue to walk through the Bible on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have small children, please feel free to give us a call to find out which service will fit your family best. Our number is 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Joshua. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this fascinating book right here on Cape Watch Radio.